Section 7 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 7 All, All is Vanity meanwhile at the farm little doris grew under the protection of mark and patty and yearly as the day came round which was the anniversary of her arrival mark received a hundred pounds in golden sovereigns or in fresh new bank of england notes and mark in his sturdy honesty and far-seeing common sense developed rare qualities as a guardian plain man as he was he guessed at what a girl of good family or high social position should know and preparing doris for that position to which some day her unknown mother might call her he resolved that she should receive accomplishments fortune favored him in brakebury lived a frenchman a political exile a gentleman of high accomplishments monsieur d'ambert was held in great awe in the village his courtly grace the foreign tongues he spoke the pictures that he drew the water-color landscapes which he painted and sold in london his playing on various instruments all lifted him far above his neighbors to monsieur d'ambert went honest mark when doris was eight years old and offered him fifty pounds a year to tutor the two little girls the brown and the fair you will teach mattie what she wants to learn and what she can learn said mark but doris can learn anything and i want you to teach her all you know so doris was taken daily to her tutor as she had been to the school of the misses hopewell and the old french courtier bowed down and worshipped her as in all her life did all the men who were brought into contact with her to teach her was a labor of love her aptitude was marvellous she learned to speak french and german fluently she drew and painted with taste and skill her little fingers with some inherited grace flew over the ivory keys or touched the shining chords of harp and guitar manners the manners of courts the vanished frenchman taught her and she learned them intuitively mon dieu cried the old gentleman but this child is lovely she surpasses ninon d'enclos and diana de poitiers she has a spirit wit originality everything that is admirable a queen might be proud to be her mother doris swayed and encanted her old preceptor mattie quietly studying french drawing and english literature was left far behind by her foster sister who was speedily learning all that the tutor could teach 
you should have been born a princess ma belle the old man would say delighted with some flash of wit some piquant performance what will you do with all your beauty here on a farm am i very beautiful demanded doris more beautiful than helen from whom thousands died than cleopatra whom had the world's conquerors at her feet what will you do with so much beauty make the most of it and the words jarred on the aristocrat all men said the same even the rector unwisely cried little maid you have beauty enough to turn your head do not let it make you proud who made me beautiful asked doris god my child is it not right to be proud of god's work and gifts you have beauty enough to be a snare said the doctor god gave me my beauty and god is good and does not set snares said doris quickly making mark and the doctor laugh at her ready wit a beautiful body is nothing without a beautiful soul mark said mindful of the letter saying keep her soul white and pure i would rather have a beautiful body than a beautiful soul said doris promptly why my dear demanded the good man in amaze because my body is where people can see it who can see my soul said doris scornful of her best possession mark was shocked that comes from everyone praising you so foolishly you will be ruined he exclaimed mattie can have the beautiful soul and i will have the beautiful body retorted doris monsieur d'ambar says wisdom is the best gift the gift for kings i say beauty is the best gift the gift for queens and queens have always ruled kings mark shook his head it is hard labor to rear an eagle in a sparrow's nest mother said doris one day when she was twelve this shall not go on longer i am sick of it what my child of what are you sick of the village of the farm of our way of living i hate it if i am kept here longer i know i shall run away my dear are we not good to you oh yes you are good of course but it is not goodness i want it is change i want something new some more style but how and where doris send me to a boarding school i want to know more of the way ladies do and live we see no one here if Maddie does not want to go i ought not to be kept home i have learned all monsieur d'ambert's knows i talk french and german as fast as he does we go over the same old things that is true mother said mattie doris is a great scholar i cannot go away from home i don't want to i love to stay and help you but let doris go i will ask your father said patty hesitatingly and he'll say to let the child have her own way 
said Doris, with a laugh. Well, I must consult your father. Consult my father, said Doris, with wonderful scorn. She had a singular contempt for all about her, though no hint that she was other than the child of the braces had been given her. She had her way. She went to a fashionable boarding school for her clothing and tuition on a smart paid entire hundred pounds each year. She elected to visit schoolmates at vacation, and for four years Brackenside Farm knew no more of the golden-haired mystery. At sixteen she came home again, beautiful as a fairy, ripe for mischief, mad for display, a tireless reader of French novels. She looked about that home of rustic goodness and covert scorn, dwelt in the violet eyes and sat lightly on the chiseled lips. Her parents were so plain, her sister Mattie, a country simpleton. They, on their part, rose up to do her homage. They bowed down and worshipped a beauty's shrine. And was she not most beautiful? Beauty was hers in dower, such as earth, doth rarely recon, mid her fading things, a glory lit her tears, and in her mirth shook the sweet laughter of translucent springs. Already an adept in coquetry, she sighed at once for a victim for her charms. Alas! she found him near are there any new people she asked of mattie only early murray eh a decent sounding name who is he a poet and a gentleman cried mattie enthusiastically a poet poets live i understand in garrets but early has some money said mattie simply early so you seem to know him rather well poor mattie blushed crimson end of section seven recording by gabby cowan